Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, who are we really? What is this thing called planet Earth? Where are we going? What's the big story? Hello and welcome to the show. Tonight the episode is called Reality Check. And tonight our guest is Laura Eisenhower. I'm so delighted to have her back on the show. No, really, who are we? I know you can say we're human beings, but there's a big, big story playing out right now. There's a galactic story that's playing out on planet Earth. And tonight we're going to take a big step back and and do a reality check. And Laura is just the person to do that. If you're new to the New Human Living radio show, you might want to know we've been at this for about 10 years now. We've had hundreds and hundreds of interviews, and we, we pretty much focus, about, focus on the, the human uh, genome, the human persona from a divine point of view, from an alchemist point of view. Our topics include... Oh, just everything under the sun. We've done a lot of quantum interviews lately. We had a roundtable with Marina Jacoby and Peter Smith just a weekend or two ago. We talk about the physics of magic, the the power of consciousness, how our consciousness interacts with the quantum field, how can we more fully embody the innate divine wisdom and power that's hardwired into our persona? And tonight is, <laughs> I really like tonight, I just do. Um, this, uh, this interview was recorded a while back. Um, Laura has her own show and there was a conflict, so we decided to do a pre-record. And uh, um, I think you're going to like this episode. For our, for the regular New Human Living listeners, uh, I've been quite familiar with the galactic uh, storyline going on, not nearly at the level of our guest tonight. Laura is so immersed in this. Um, and I've chosen to... I mean, the the whole new human living platform is about soul-level living. But tonight, I really like taking this big step back. And part of that is there's a big void opening up. We're coming out of some 3D matrix, um, you know, dark ages, uh, the, uh, the karmic tsunami, if you will. And it's going to be through the sovereignty, through the dominion of the human being. Everything is is poised for us to step up, to step up and fully embody who we are as divine personas, as source consciousness incarnate. We've talked about that at length on the show. 
But what I like about tonight is Lara's going to bring a perspective that really shows a, a much bigger view of the story of Earth, the story of humans on Earth, the story that's really at the pivot point. You know, here... I, <laughs> 2020 has been quite the year because every single week we have the show, there's some new paradigm stuff that's going on that's like, okay, all right, it's a flipping slow motion rodeo, I get it, but we, we're literally at such a pivot point in the human history, uh, I'm just delighted that this episode is airing to, today. Um I think we should get to it. It's a great it's a great topic and how timely. Laura, Laura Eisenhower, our guest tonight, is a global alchemist, a researcher and medical and intuitive astrologist. She is an internationally acclaimed speaker who has presented her work worldwide. Laura is the great-granddaughter of President Dwight David Eisenhower, and she reveals exopolitical information about his administration that has been largely held in secrecy. She is considered by many to be one of North America's leading researchers on health, exopolitics, alchemy, metaphysics, and galactic history. Lara works to free us from the 3D holographic time loop, false arconic systems, and military-industrial complex, and, in, and exposes hidden agendas so we can take our power back. Feeling a calling regarding her mission since she was a child, Lara has gained incredible insight, that's putting it mildly, through her wilderness adventures, psychic development, and has been connecting major dots about how to guide us into higher earth energies. She has a deep understanding of Gaia Sophia and our divine blueprint, perfect and how they connect to the Venus transits, earth grids, global alchemy, DNA, and ET races. Her passion is to inspire unity consciousness and bring us back to the zero-point unified field. Excellent. The totality of our divine powers. You can learn more about Laura at CosmicGaia.org. And now, without further ado... Enjoy the interview. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you, Les. Thanks for having me. Who would have thought 2020 would have brought <laughs> would have brought us to this point? Every time I think of that sentence, there's some new paradigm that's unfolded in the p- previous week. Um, what's your take on on what's happening during this year? Well, you know the. For me, what's been very telling is um, not only how um, how they've been playing us, how they've been feeding us these these narratives, that, but 
how people are reacting to it. For me, my eyes have really been opened by how genuinely fearful and afraid people are. And that, um, oh, like a, a news event will happen, and they'll they'll cherry pick a single aspect of it, like um, this person got murdered. But in the big picture of it, and you and you hear the whole story, it's like, well, no shit. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> But so so to me, kind of the mechanics of the wool over our eyes, if you will, has become more glaring. And, you know, even on the show, I've had the show is rounding 10 years now and I've had just hundreds and hundreds of guests. I see some of my guests chime in and it's like they've drank the 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 shadow side Kool-Aid. They can't see through the smoke and it it really gives me an appreciation for um, people who have the discernment to kind of weed through, to, to look deeper, if you will, to kind of calibrate their bullshit detector to the point where um, you can you. It's a dance, but to stay uh, grounded in truth at a at a deeper level, um, there's there's certainly an art to it. You don't just wake up from the sleep and then poof your your locked on railroad tracks to the truth. It it's kind of a slippery fish sometimes, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's it's it. I, I didn't quite catch that last part though. Slippery slope in, in terms of. Well, um, as you get more information day in and day out, you can buy into stuff that might not be true. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's it's not an automatic thing that just because um, uh, to, to be able to see the bigger story incidental of the chaos in front of you, so to speak. Yeah. Yep. And and the thing is, it's like because of the internet, because you can Google anything, and then also Google something that proves it wrong, or vice versa. It's like what truth really comes down to is our own personal frequency. It's like there really is no absolute truth but there are facts um but as far as like how we can relate to maybe not having something proven it has to be based on you know the energy of it all you know um but when things produce fear you know then all of a sudden we drop into our survival chakra and we're not coming from wisdom or intuition this is a time of ascension or at least advancement into higher earth energies or a higher expression of our human selves and this is a total sabotage of that and, you know, it just reminds me of how many people are just completely, you know, in that 3D social engineered program. And it's not just one program. It's one, it's more than one so that, you know, we all don't get along. If it was one program, we wouldn't see so much divisiveness um, because there's a lot of traps, even in the new age community, even in the disclosure community. I mean, there's, there's been disinfo all throughout it being planted to make things difficult to muddy the waters. So it just really ends up meaning we got to fall back on ourselves, and we got to remember the most important thing is, you know, even if there's differences, even if it's just like I can't even believe this person is like actually likes Biden, you know, it's like <laughs> no judgment. All right, you know, I don't know how you can't see all this, and I don't blame people for not liking Trump, but if you really look at the larger picture, um, yeah, it's like where have you been, guys? Yeah, you know, and um, and and when it just gets so obvious, I mean. You know, if 9-11 wasn't enough for people to really get on board with false flag events and psychological operations and how they can create an event and make it look a certain way, but it's actually not, 
I mean, that's a huge portion of the population. Is it's, it's becoming very clear that hasn't allowed that to be a huge catalyst because, you know, that was 2001. Here we are. That was 19 years ago. How in 19 years, with all the literature that's come out, with all the books that have been written, that there hasn't been a curiosity towards that? You know, how can they say that these highly, highly intelligent people or experts in their fields are full of it. I mean, architects for engineer, architects and engineers for 9-11, those are architects and engineers. They're not conspiracy theorists. They're saying this is not possible, and these are the reasons why. So, you know, so with every false flag or psychological operation or whatever, there's always going to be people behind that saying, wait a second, this doesn't line up. And, and, and they're giving facts. Yeah. And there's doctors, and there's people, there's whistleblowers. And it's like, seriously, you know, you think that these people are just sitting around looking at the Internet and just, picking up some conspiracy theory cult ideology. It's like, how can you not give more respect to these people? You know, they, they, you know, we're talking MIT educated doctors that are getting censored. Hello. Right. That really surprises me because it's not just, you know, yeah, it's, it's hard to look at the layers that are hiding behind. And, but, but when you're dealing with this level of expertise, well-educated expertise, and you're still choosing Fauci and Gates, then I'm sorry. It's like I can't really talk to you right now. It's like I need to like, maybe maybe in a week or so, or maybe I just need to. Yeah. Like there's got to be some kind of timeline shift. How can we possibly be moving yeah. in, a, in a forward direction with this level of different? You know, the, the differences are getting more and more extreme. The contrast is really getting obvious, like incredibly insane. I don't know. Well, you know the what what comes to mind is the the Lockerbie bombing where the aircraft blew up over the the ocean and they went to great extents. They scuba dived, they they gathered as much of this aircraft as they could and they recreated the aircraft in a hangar to investigate. And then in on 9/11, World Trade Center building 7 collapses. Now do you go into a skyscraper, and before you go in, do you take a step back and, and look at it like, is this sucker going to fall? No. And and to have it fall and and have there be no investigation whatsoever, I mean, they hauled away the evidence within 48 hours or whatever. I, I, I understand what you're saying. You know, for me, um, I really see a big element of... What needs to happen is personal sovereignty, and, and what I mean by that is we've we've lived in these past centuries um, for thousands of years in this 3D matrix kind of thing where there's an authoritarian aspect to religion, to academics, to politics, to government, and for the new age, the the new human living, so to speak, it. I, I get a very clear sense that our personal sovereignty becomes the wheelhouse, if you will. And there's not this administrative or authoritarian structure. And that requires us as human beings, human personas, to really kind of step into our own skin and own and genuinely own our preferences like like we have never done before. And how how do you see the like the role of everyday people shifting um i mean right now we're kind of in the 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 pinnacle of the storm but in 5 and 10 years as the golden age if you will unravels how 
how do you see the uh, um, the role the everyday citizen plays out? How do I see the role the everyday citizen kind of play out in terms of like authority and dominion and sovereignty? Because those have been kind of sidelined in the past, and they're certainly being challenged now. As we're being told, you can, you can't go to church, but you can go to Walmart. You you know exactly. what I mean? That's exactly what I was gonna yeah get into is. Um, yeah, the role of authority. So it's like these are funded movements as far as I'm concerned, as far as what I've learned. And, you know, the whole Antifa thing, it's just like, you know, people, you know, just might think, I don't know, is that just some fluke? I mean, that that this terrorist sort of organization would come into the picture related to like BLM or connected to, you know, this lockdown? Um I don't know. I mean, I, those that support BLM, are they also supporting Antifa? I can't quite figure that one out because I can't imagine that they would because how can you fight um, racism with racism? How can you fight violence with violence? I mean, I mean, I know violence is a little bit different when you have to defend yourself. You're going to have to, like, you know, kind of fight back and, and, and this and that. But what I'm seeing is just the chaos and, like, craziness that is being – um, triggered by like some very, very dark energies. And, you know, when we look at the cabal, I mean, there is that link to the satanic uh, sort of ritual abuse stuff and, and, right. um, and, and, and the different projects and programs that they've developed in order to uh, sort of groom a person or mind control a person to play a particular role in these times that we're in. Um, there's, you know, all sorts of whistleblowers and people that have been in these projects, you know, that also have like multiple altars that say some of their altars were purposely and specifically trained to play a particular role in these end times. And I interviewed one person named Derek. He's on my YouTube channel and it's under the the title altered. And he's got about 200 altars and he's been passed around to the Royal family, the Trudeaus, you know, and just like how that links to some of these, you know, governors and their family, you know, yeah. so, so there, there's this thing going on that is like so dark and so difficult for people to process. And then we see, like, the Clinton associations with, you know, Pizzagate and also what's on the Epstein logs. And so behind a lot of these false flags are these very, very dark individuals that, you know, really love to see the chaos, love to create that louche, love to feed those reptilian energies. Um, and also, while they're doing that, they're creating the worst control of all. So they're giving people a false sense of, oh, you know, anarchy and freedom and pro-choice and full-term abortion, you know, they're not seeing the satanic element to it all. And, and, and how, as they buy into it, we're getting further and further into the control and enslavement because it's a false sense of like, oh, they're, you know, freedom and burning flags. And it's like, what? Like, where, where are you missing the, 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 the fact that these are the same people forcing you to wear masks, right. forcing you to social distance, and only allowing you to go over here but not over there? How are they not seeing that this is coming from the same place? The worst enslavement agendas but also the most crazy of wild, um, you know, lack of morality and, and solving any kind of issues or problems and just, you know, literally, you know, trying to destroy everything. And then you've got the weather weapons and the dew and directed energy weapons and geoengineering. And so, you know, if we don't see the falsity or the, you know, buttons being pushed to create this level of disorder, you know, because people will respond to it in one of two ways. Either they're on the anarchy side of it or they're, you know, I'm going to be a good citizen and I'm going to help contact Trace and I'm going to help you know, be that, you know, upstanding citizen, you know, but, but they could all be like maybe leaning more towards the left. And then you got the other side that really just wants to clean up the world, I feel. And it's not a, a right or left thing, 
but but there is a part of it that kind of is right you know when it comes to some of these laws and some of these principles but if you go deeper than that i see it you know the satanists versus those that like are more connected to you know protection of children you know integrity compassion uh cleaning up our world you know it doesn't mean that that's trump that's leading that charge we as sovereign beings are doing that when we're looking at both choices though he's going to be a person that's not going to stand in the way of that as much he you know, might do things that a lot of people don't agree with. I don't agree with everything about him. I don't know pretty much every single thing that's going on in the political realm. But what I do see is um, that he has some kind of inside awareness of the trickery, the lies, the false news. Obviously, you know, he's seen himself get, you know, targeted. So it's not really about Trump to me, but it's about what do we stand for as humans? Are we going to support something that's taking us into new world order? Are we able to see through the games that are being played? Or are we going to stand for you know, um, our rights and our ability to move into this ascension energy. So, yes, our choices about this election are, are huge, but our choices on a personal level are even bigger. But, I mean, the thing is we're not out of the system yet. We can't just say, oh, you know, screw it. You know, I don't – it's like we, we can't just walk the other way. Some people, you know, even criticize me. Why are you even, you know, sounding supportive of Trump? You know better. You know that they're all owned and this and that. And it's like, okay, well, I come from a presidential family, and I know that they're not all owned. I'm not owned. Eisenhower wasn't owned, but they tried to own him, you know, and, and so I'm not going to get into a big rant about Trump. But the big difference is, is that um, this whole China thing and Biden's connection to China and the deep state's connection to China and the China infiltration is the number one thing that we all need to be concerned about. All politics aside, that is like, you know, and, and just the child trafficking not being called out. Why isn't it being called out by the other side? So, you know, there's more encouragement in this, you know, other uh, you know, the, in the Trump side of it, because it's it's all for America. It understands the dangers of China. It wants us to have you know choices with the vaccines. I mean, there's so many obvious reasons when you look at the two. But it does come out down to the individual. So then there's those that are just doing their best, maybe trying to move off the grid. You know, being prepared. That's kind of more like my approach is. You know, I'm going to take it upon myself to do what I feel I need to do. I'm not waiting on disclosure. I'm not waiting on any saviors. Um, but it's hard not to get yanked in because we're dealing with future generations. We're dealing with school systems that are masking their children while they're playing sports and this and that. And what I, from what I've learned from these doctors uh, that have been censored is that this virus is only targeting a certain kind. Um, and, and what I heard is it's mostly the elderly. But they're using that because there is a virus and people are getting sick and it is different than your normal flu. But it actually doesn't affect you know, children as much, maybe immune compromised, you know, people. So it's not to say that there isn't a virus, but there's definitely a bioweapon and they're leveraging it to take us in more extreme measures as far as a reaction than they should be. And it's almost like they're preparing us for another wave of something even more severe. And we've seen it in movies. We've seen the clues out there and, you know, I don't know. So, you know, people who rebel against authority, I do too. I don't like authority. I never did. I was always a rebel, but we need the kind of authority that's going to clean up this world. And whatever laws need to be put in place for that to happen, to begin to defund these organizations that feed into the Satanists, I'm all for it, you know, even if I don't fully like it. Um, or, 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 you know, maybe if I was a teenager growing up in the world and I felt, like, a little concerned about it, you know, I might not like some of it, but then when I step back, it's like I, I can see it, the incredible importance. Because when you look at what's behind a lot of these organizations, um, it's just like... We, we, we need to have some law and order and some rules and laws put in place to begin to starve the Satanists. And then, you know, we can maybe move back into a more liberal approach. But right now, we need a big planetary exorcism. <laughs> 
I like yeah, I understand what you're saying. Well, I mean, um very powerful things have happened this year. The monetary system in the United States has moved back to a gold standard. The Federal Reserve has been nationalized and is no longer a independent agency, but is now truly a, a, a branch of the uh, U.S. government as part of the Treasury. Um, those two things right there have cut off um, the ability to print trillions of dollars out of thin air. Uh, we're making really good strides. I, oh, I know. That's, that one is huge, exactly, right? Yeah. But... Uh, the the when i talk to people and perhaps you have the same experience there's people that are um they they're not digging very deep they're more or less ignorant and they'll bite on little sound bites in news and and pick up any cause because they saw it on a single posting and um they're not it's it's uh what am i getting at they're not at a point of stepping into their own uh, sovereignty, if you will. They they want to be told what's right and wrong. Not Maybe perhaps not that black and white, but um, it's it's like they, they haven't gotten around to really thinking for themselves, and they want to be told the story, if you will. Does, does that make sense? Yes, I think there's a lot of like surrogate parenting going on. It's like once you attach yourself to something, whether it's a celebrity, whether it's a president or politician, there's almost like this surrogate parent. You need their approval. You need to be guided. You trust right. them. They care about you and love you. And so then you're loyal to them. And when you're loyal to the wrong person and it's like the bad dad or the bad mom, um, then you know next thing you know, it's like you open the door when the door should have been locked and you realize, whoa, they're not what I thought. And, right. and that can be a scary thing. But if you don't have the if you don't have the opportunity to open the door and see what's going on, you can literally be in this really, really destructive bonding and relationship. And so, um, and that's what it takes. You got to be sovereign before you can start to make any real decisions. You have to have had enough time to develop your intuition. Uh, what really helped me is I went off into the wilderness for a couple of years and that, you know, my background training and, and just, you know, I, I was just, I don't know, I went to a clairvoyant Institute for two years too, and just meditated and read energy and, um, and just, yeah, just went down a lot of, Dark Night of the Soul rabbit holes too. Well, I guess they're separate. You know, Dark Night of the Souls and then the rabbit holes. But like sometimes they feel like the same thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, depending. So um, I feel pretty darn confident, you know. But I'm not one of those people where you know, I, I I mean I recognize that I could be wrong and I'm I'm stand to be corrected. That's perfectly fine. But there's no way to have mature conversations when they're throwing out these trigger words. Um, it just creates defensiveness. It just creates like the need to back away. So that's part of the plan too, or part of the dark agenda is, you know, white privilege or you're a racist. It's like, or you're in a cult. It's like, it's like so ridiculous. It's yes. so ridiculous throwing those words around so casually when like really, you know, what a real cult will literally, uh, blackmail you. Um, so you don't leave, might kill you, might smear you and take you down if you, if you were to leave. And that's, vastly different than going on a message board to see a cue drop, okay? And then they're not even looking at themselves and what they're supporting, which literally is leading to uh, violence and death. Uh, and, and, and so it's like crazy that George Floyd could trigger all this when like a mother with her children at a protest being killed is barely in the news. And it's just like, I don't know why people can't check themselves. It's so scary because there is no sovereignty. It's like literally... You from from standing back as as us as observers, it's 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 frightening that 
you know, I, I, I have to literally avoid it because it's like somebody tagged me on a like a, a supportive post for Biden on a page specifically for Biden. And I'm just looking at the comments and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, it's like it's like going into the twilight zone. Yes. On top of the, we live in the twilight zone. It's like another sort of like hall of mirrors where it's just nothing feels authentic. Nothing feels like it's coming from people's genuine truth. It's like they're just regurgitating whatever the news told them. And I'm like or whatever somebody told them, I don't know, coming from news, whatever. A lot of it is the indoctrination programs of our educational systems that are very biased and, 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 and pushing people towards a certain direction in a very, very subtle way, too. I've noticed a lot. Yeah. And it's like Project Mockingbird. I mean, it's been around. All this has been around for so long to groom us to the place that we are today so that it is as crazy as what we're seeing. But fortunately, it hasn't worked on everybody. Well, you, you have uh, such a unique perspective. Um, I know that you've you've been to the planet Mars and back. And I haven't been to the planet Mars. I was recruited to go, and I oh, refused to go. Okay. Uh, well, thank I you. I've a lot of people that are 20 and back or, or, or actually went to Mars. I was recruited to go to Mars to be a permanent colonist, and I refused to go. Okay. Thank you for that. Yeah, I, I, I don't like to spell accuracy with a backspace, so I appreciate that. But but my point is the uh, uh, I guess I'm shifting the conversation a bit to the um, galactic family because there's the uh, Palladians and um, I mean there's the the number of uh, star seeds star families here are really quite vast and and a lot of the oppression from the past has been from off planet from uh, reptilians, whatnot, and um, wh- what I'd like to talk about is how much support we have that has come here um, to to help us, the human beings of planet Earth, um, find our way through this. Really, it's it's the transformation of a planet. What we're living through right now is a planet being transformed from being railroaded down a new world order agenda and and we're getting to the end of the track and the tracks are falling apart and there's an opportunity for, for us to break out of that stigma. Can you talk about the um the the star seed or the, the, the galactic perspective of what's going on? Yeah. So uh we have, you know, E T genetics, we have you know, 12 strand and beyond DNA um, capacity, but we're you know dealing with uh, junk DNA when it's not junk DNA. When we start to realize what our DNA is really made of, we start to open up to our galactic heritage. So when we start to switch on these dormant strands or open up our energy centers that are on a more galactic level, you know, then we can see those realities. We can start to interact with those realities. So it's literally like, you know, we're, we're, all that stuff is not switched on. So if it's not switched on, we can't really see it or perceive it. When it does get switched on, we start to, you know, upgrade. We start to make greater, you know, connection, you know, uh, and, and also feel into the fullness of all that we are. That isn't alien. That isn't, you know, something that we're going to see as foreign. It's going to feel like home. We're going to feel very comfortable with it. So with our inability to step into those places because there's fences and seals put in our DNA to prevent us from reaching those places, there's the danger of like false disclosure and, oh, these ETs have come to help us. It's like, 
we got to, you know, be able to meet them halfway by doing our part so that we can see who's good and who isn't. Um, and so when we go back to the star seeds and the, uh, you know, the different hybrid groups and just how the planet was seeded, there's in this particular Earth experience, after we sank into this lower uh, harmonic universe because of exploded planets, um, there were cloister races. There's five cloister races which represent the star seeds. And there's seven root races, which represents just sort of like, you know, humanity. And when you add seven plus five, you get 12, and that's like the full 12 strands. So we need each other to switch on those dormant strands because we each carry different levels of those building blocks, right? So you might meet somebody who's super, super out there having a very hard time functioning in the human realm, or you might meet somebody who's very skilled in the human realm that get activated and almost awakened by the person that's super, super out there. But when you put the two together, you know, it sort of helps um, fill in where those abilities might not come so easy. And so that's kind of how we rebuild this greater architecture is, is to come together in unity consciousness. And that's why the agenda is divide and conquer, because they're really threatened by the way we activate one another to rebuild, you know, our DNA. So the star seeds are connected to, you know, I mean, there's the Pleiadians have interacted more with the earth than probably any other species. We got the Syrians that, you know, the guardian founder races that really seeded all life, you know, and, and it started off in Lyra. But then when you see, you know, how that got attacked by the reptilian energy, it's like, well, how, how did that happen? Well, I believe, you know, because we're in a free will universe and the differentiation between the masculine and feminine started to grow and sort of like this ego, you know, was built. Right. Or, 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 or kind of came through all of it. It's like if you're going to have free will, you're going to have to have an ego because the ego is a part of us that has the free will. And then, you know, so but if there's mind control, we're, we're um, exercising our free will from a place of distortion and we're from a place of, you know, maybe feeding the vampiric, parasitic, fallen races that have been interacting with the earth for a very long time, you know, connected to the dragon races, but are uh, the fallen dragons that have become the reptilians. Then when we heal that, we begin to activate Kundalini. We begin to connect with like, you know, the blue dragons or the higher dragon groups. And we all carry pieces of that. So we have choices. What are we going to align with on a frequency level? If we're in our negative ego, we tend to get addicted to the matrix and we buy into, you know, sort of the indoctrination of the reptilian agenda. Um, but we only uh, experience the surface part of it. We don't see, you know, who's behind it, what species are behind it. When we, you know, begin to connect into the starseed part, um, you know, it's it's connected to, like, the Orphan consciousness, the indigo and the crystal kids. and um, But we all have that potential. It's just the starseeds are more capable of activating. So So they come in and they're able to activate dormant DNA. They're not here to you know, be higher or better, even though they have more uh, experience as a star seed, they have a stronger relationship with their own personal mission, they end up being the activators. But then you got, you know, those that are really representing a particular council or a particular group that have taken a human form and might have just been born recently or just are a walk-in that are coming to help during these times. And then groups that are able to now reincarnate again on Earth that weren't able to for a long time because they went extinct, like the Aquafarians. Uh, that were around before the electrical wars that are connected to the aqua ray mother arc energy that relates to the mother earth and, and the divine feminine sort of goddess connection with the planetary consciousness and the mother part of the cosmic trinity. Those groups are coming in because, you know, they are supporting this ascension, you know, the Aurora hosting and the crystal star hosting. The timelines actually shifted in 2010. The Melchizedek uh, hosting switched over to the crystal star and the sun started to move through the 13th sign of Phaeacus. And we began to work with the ether energy again, which helps us to heal and helps us to deprogram. So a lot of people are feeling into that, but they're 
level of attack is that much stronger to counteract it. That's why, you know, the ramping up of these dark agendas is even greater to, to counterbalance the level of light energy and the level of, you know, awakening and healing and transformation on a good level is, is available to us now. So we got to make a choice. We have to know that is there and nothing can destroy the organic ascension timeline. But, you know, and that's there and we can align with it. What we have to be careful of is being so distracted away from that that we get caught up in the becoming the loose, becoming assimilated into AI and being literally like pulled into this, you know, uh, other kind of form uh, like cyborg, you know, even like becoming like an EBE or even a gray that comes back to abduct to get the genetic material that we gave up because we took the vaccines and we went down that timeline. So we see what that looks like way later because that actually happened in the Orion system and that's where some of the Zetas and gray, you know, agendas originate. Um, and how some are very much owned by these reptilians to do their dirty work. Well, some, you know, definitely want to heal. So, yeah. So the starseed energy and the more benevolent is way, way greater than, you know, the the dark. But when it comes to society, though, the dark has infiltrated most power structures. So on that level, it's held more dominion. But on a larger picture level, it's incredibly small compared to all the good that's out there. That is not just good. It's in the polarization of good, bad. But... Um, high vibration integration of polarity in just, you know, the zero point unified field of unconditional love and wisdom and power, divine power. It goes beyond, you know, polarity, it goes beyond duality. So anyway, that's kind of my take on the more positive beings. Well, I like that. For a lot of people who have not been exposed to this before, it can seem like a lot. I, I like the metaphor of imagine being born and spending your whole life on a on a high school play, in a high school play on a stage. And all you know is this 3D holodeck high school stage. And then the, the bell gets pulled away and you go outside and for the first time you see an elephant or a giraffe or a, a whale or a dolphin. And it, and it just mangles your mind that that can even exist. For so many of us, um, we haven't really had the exposure of just how big this galactic family is and and the the good and not so good agendas behind some of these uh, family strains um, if you if you look at scientists say well we're only using five to ten percent of our brain and we're only using five to ten percent of our DNA as as we um, raise our consciousness and activate and and reconstitute our DNA, it changes the vehicle we are. But one point really stuck in my mind as you were talking, and that's for us to stay grounded, because I've we've talked many times about the quantum uh, physics behind reality this this 3D holodeck that we live on and we can have etherical thoughts we can pull in we can be pulled into etherical consciousness if you will but the power of the human persona is being grounded into this holodeck being grounded into our bodies grounded into earth and when we ground into earth that affords us a fulcrum, an ability to affect change that we cannot have if we're not grounded. So I just wanted to toss that out there as far as how important it is 
not only to sift through the the BS of the ocean of information we're fed, but when we find our truth, when we find our authenticity and we find our voice, when we can stay grounded in our physical persona, that's everything. That's everything when it comes to uh, effect, as far as the effect of our persona in the in the collective consciousness, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if we're not in our bodies, then we can't really manifest very easily or generate our visions and dreams into physical reality or activate people or affect people uh, in a potent way. And that's why trauma and false flags are utilized for the very reason of throwing us into uh, the survival chakra or literally knocking us out of our bodies where we just feel very disconnected because it's very difficult to process, you know, all that's going on. So it's either, you know, a person gets really ungrounded and just like, you know, or or it's just like, you know, just, just the survival of the flesh, survival of the flesh instead of, okay, let me be, let this be a catalyst and a reminder for me to access, you know, these greater dimensional energies that can alchemize and transform and, and, you know, make the corrections, make the adjustments, bring out the truth, uh, be the override frequency to help the collective consciousness during this time. So, we have to stay as grounded as possible. I had a really hard time getting in my body my whole life, and I knew that you know, something was trying to keep me out of being <laughs> grounded, exactly, um, so that I would be less effective. And it was like the biggest challenge I had in life, like trying to get in you know, my physical body. But while I wasn't fully in, there was a lot that I was doing, but the big goal was to get back and be grounded. I mean, the thing is, what's so crazy about this particular window period and the timeline shift that happened in 2010 with the mother arc energy returning and the sun moving through the 13th sign and you know, just the ability for some of these uh, uh, starseed beings to be able to incarnate again, like the Aquafarians connected to the Aqua Ray and the Mother. The the great significance of all that is that the Mother energy wasn't grounded in the planet. So when you talk about grounding, the Mother energy wasn't even able to be grounded in the planet because after so many different wars, the Electrical Wars uh, being one of the, the big ones in the very beginning of this Earth history, uh, but I won't go through the list of all the other ones. Obviously, Lemuria, Atlantis... Uh, Atlantean cataclysms, and, you know, just a lot of these, you know, like particular wars, it knocked the mother energy out of the planet, kind of like it traumatized the planetary body so much that that energy was not able to be here, and everything was put in reversals, and that's the whole idea of the Baphomet, the dark mother reversals, and how religion has placed kind of like the Madonna in front of everybody, like, oh, yes, you know, we're honoring the feminine and the goddess and this and that, but... It's, it's, it only scratches the surface compared to the fullness of what that story is really about and what that energy really represents and how much bigger it is. You know, you've got the triple Marys and how that relates to the maiden mother crone and how in other cultures they're given different names and how it spreads across, like, so many different, um, you know, understandings, you know. Uh, also, it's placed in certain pantheons, but also it's placed in the origination of you know, these guardian founder races coming out of the cosmic trinity and and um, and how the 13th is the aqua ray that connects us into the zero-point unified field, and that's the neutron window that actually connects us to the Andromedan galaxy, and there was a time where both of those galactic cores were one with each other. This particular window period is where they've been able to realign. It's almost like the planetary body was so traumatized that it's been able to kind of, like, recover, and the mother energy was able to drop back in, due to the Venus transits and, and the heart of the mother kind of creating the sacred geometry to begin to correct those reversals, you know, the, it's time to drop back in where the ether element was available again because the fifth element, which is the top of the pentagram, is 
connected to the ether. The Venus transits, which draw, you know, the orbit of it has drawn a perfect pentagram as far as the trail that it's left and also a sacred geometry of a rose that the Mayans had predicted that there would be an end and a new beginning. It would be like, it's not the end of the world. It's actually the beginning because now the mother energy returned and it connects with the Venus transits. And so the mother energy being able, uh, the mother energy has been able to come back into her body. So, so I just love what you said because on a much, much larger picture, that's exactly what's needed to happen. Why we've been in so many dark cycles of history is because that mother energy has not been able to be here. So they're trying to create another event to knock her back out. And that's why so many people are coming together realizing like, you know, we, we, we are like up against, you know, a sort of similar threat, but we've been through so much on a galactic level. We've been through so many wars that we've got, gotten to the point where there's nothing that they can do to stop this. You know, it's just kind of like you master the game, right? It's very hard to master the mind of something demonic that will literally do everything possible, including using dark technologies to harvest our energies and also to manipulate us and to separate us from ourselves. That takes, you know, a, a evil genius um, type of mentality. So to be able to work with that instead of just being our beingness and being able to emanate these great energies and frequencies, we've literally had to live through this long enough to be able to know how the game is played, know the kind of mind or lack of, you know, what I mean, the yeah. mastermind behind it, and to be able to, you know, play the game back in a sense to to be able to blow up the chessboard and, and, and be, be done with it. And it is an internal process. It is the inner work. We can only win the war within ourselves. Well, indeed. I mean, we've prayed to the God, to the goddess, perhaps billions upon billions of prayers. You know, my son's off at war. Please end the suffering. My my mom is getting the shit beat out of her by dad. Please end the suffering. There's billions of prayers that have been said to these really gigantic, galactic, powerful beings and zero times does a divine deity come down with a, a a wand and and wave the wand and the slums become palaces. Wave a wand and the and the child trafficking becomes children playing on playgrounds. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen at all. What is the fulcrum point of divinity? Flesh and bones. We're here for the human experience. We're here for the human experience. So what's going to turn this around? human beings that can can both open up to the the higher vibrations because for many many years unconditional love could be bombarded on the planet but nobody was in the realm or vibrational equivalent to even recognize it let alone capture it and and in this next chapter it, it's the personas that cleanse and purify their energy so they can come into resonance and har- harmonics with unconditional love and and divine beings and then they they seed us the um potentials it's always free will they seed us the potentials of what we can embody embody into our flesh and bones and that brings it to the manifestation layer of creation and so it, it, when you clean your own personal persona through purity and authenticity, purity uh, affords you to manifest any paradigm the moment requires, and authenticity allows you to do it without becoming fatigued. So you can stand in your power and not become fatigued from that. As more and more human personas learn how to do that, 
the shitstorm can get as sick as it wants, but from from the highest vibration into physical manifestation is is unconditional love, and and now you have a a fulcrum point, an anchor point, if you will, of the return of heaven on earth. Absolutely, yep, I agree. You know, and and it's you know we're like the trees, right? If if we're restoring the tree of life and the true you know, divine template that we've been given. I mean, we, we've been dealing with the artificial tree of life grid and how that's impacted the world, you know, is literally program the earth grids to create the simulation of the new world order rollout. Right. So it, right. it's very much already kind of like been, you know, kind of put in the system, put in the, you know, grid. So all the grid workers coming in and all the different things that have, you know, happened with us doing our own inner work, you know, allows that connection where we have a root system, but the branches are open to the heavens, and that circulation of cosmic and earth energy circulating through our system, you know, keeps the chakras clear, keeps them, you know, also from being separated, because there's so much compartmentalism, um, and, you know, we have those types over here and those types over there, we're not really whole beings, we're, we're just like, you know, representing an aspect or an archetype or, or just one side of it all, you know, maybe more left brain than just negate the right so, you know, at the end of the day, it's like we're switching stuff on. We're becoming more whole. We're in, in the capacity to hold a certain level of inward balance that allows the circulation to begin to do the repair work, we, we, we switch on, you know, the, the full picture of, you know, many, many archetypes. And that's why I love working with astrology and tarot because it's just like we're made of all these things. It doesn't even matter, you know, what chart we came in with or if we have like 100, not 100, but um, if we have a whole bunch of planets just in one sign or in one area of our chart, it doesn't matter. That almost acts like a stargate portal to the rest because, you know, there's so much more to an astrological chart than most astrologers, you know, see because it's so multi-layered and multi-leveled. Every aspect, every planet, people are going to experience in their own unique way because there's so many different vibratory levels to every single planet and, and every single aspect. A challenging aspect that could kill one person or, or give them a disease could be the ultimate uh, challenge that awoken somebody else, right? They're not going to experience it necessarily the same way. So it kind of depends on a person's level of consciousness and awareness. And when it goes beyond, you know, I mean, it, it takes us into the higher self and those other levels that are beyond physicality. But but when we can, you know, figure it out, almost like we figure out a Rubik's Cube to get everything kind of like in alignment and we've learned from it and we we recognize those patterns, the good ones and the not so good ones, and we've, we've been able to grow from it, we begin to move beyond the zodiac and we step into that, you know, zero energy, and we find that, you know, we're not in nothingness, we're actually in wholeness, and we're anchored, grounded, but also able to, um, you know, access the rest of ourselves. Right. And then I feel like the Zodiac will cease to need to exist, but right now it's certainly very helpful. <laughs> well, we've, we've got a few minutes left. Um, I'd like to talk about the notion of our soul and our soul contracts because the reason I bring this up is I feel like as the collective consciousness goes through this this um, this pivot point if you will the, the maximum compression of 2020 that when we come out of it and start to expand a lot of times the role that we have that our soul has chosen for us is going to be different than before the uh, our awakening or perhaps this year 2020 uh, talk a little bit about soul contracts and how there can be 
um, a, a new purpose to our life that doesn't match the past of our life. And there can also be soul contracts with people that come in and support us in a new paradigm for ourselves that we might not really be com- um, perhaps comfortable with or um, able to understand. Does right. that make does that make sense? <laughs> so, so I didn't get the question part of it. Well, I mean, like you've done readings, you've looked at the, the the soul mechanics, if you will. Talk talk a little bit about how a listener can be getting new downloads that program their life to take off in a new tangent, and their ego's going, "What the hell? Wait, what? I'm supposed to be going that way?" And and perhaps the notion of not only there's a new a trajectory in your life, but don't be so worried about it because your soul has lined up soul contracts for people to come help you. Exactly right. So when we look at the outer planets, which is, are the initiatory planets, they initiate us. They help us to break down stuff when it needs to be broken down, like lies and deceptions or old ways of life or thinking that don't serve us. Um, you know, that's Uranus, and then we got Pluto taking us into the dark night of the soul, death, rebirth, alchemy, transformation, and then we got Neptune that connects us with the creative imagination and the unseen realms, but also the unconscious realms, where we might not recognize a patterning is still controlling us, or where, you know, we might be caught in a distortion, and that's why they have shifted the frequency of things so that sound coming through our phones or TVs or whatever is not tuned to a high frequency, and that they're utilizing you know, frequency through the airwaves and through, you know, cell towers and just all these technologies to throw off the vibration that actually is uh, in tune with DNA activation and, and like being, you know, in alignment. So those planets always assist us in getting in touch with our soul contracts because they strip away everything that gets in the way. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, there I am. And it's an initiation actually into me connecting with my soul because that's what it always comes down to. So the ego, though, doesn't necessarily always agree, but eventually it's going to have to. And so every single chart sort of shows the map of how that progression is going to happen for a person. They might hold on to dear life for their, you know, ego identity or their engineered ego identity based in some level of mind control. So you can often see in a person's chart where that has come in and where this whole other thing is going on that they're sort of avoiding. And when they avoid it, it's usually showing up in the chart as a challenging aspect where they're not really embracing it. And instead of embracing it, they... When it's time for that initiation or that opportunity, they turn the other direction and they go into the ego. They, they, they put on the television. They go more into the, they get more embedded and immersed in the very thing that's keeping them from their soul. So that could be very well a part of the soul contract to be that asleep, to be that indoctrinated, to be that programmed until that moment happens where, boom, you just can't do it anymore. And then you change all those people's lives that were in the same boat, that for years and years and years believed in something or invested in something or stayed with that toxic relationship and just didn't see that there was a much, much bigger picture there. And then they turn into like teachers and healers. And then, you know, some of the greatest activators are the ones that have, you know, been through the worst of it all. Um, as an awakened soul and got through it, but also those that have got, gone through the worst of the programming and have come out the other end as an awakened soul. These are the great teachers and leaders of these times because it gives people more permission to say, oh, my gosh, okay, if you can do it, I can do it. And that person had the guts to call this out. I can do that too. You know, victims also, you know, coming out about the abuses that they've endured, you know, maybe in these, you know, cabal families or elitist families and, you know, those that have been in secret space programs. So, you know, we, we do way more than we can imagine. I think part of the soul contract is to have that part of the human experience that really, really takes us really far away from our soul or, or, or 
but it's still connected to it if we can stay conscious of, you know, something like our intuition that can guide us um, out of those mazes and those, those, those challenges, you know, because we always have that part that guides us through. So there can be the conscious soul contract where you kind of know you got to go through it, but, you know, it's going to not always be this way and you just got to get through it. And that's kind of more my experience. I always knew, okay, this is temporary, but sometimes I was like, this is just insane. You know, going through trying to get away from the Mars recruiters, you know, raising kids by myself and dealing with, you know, just the craziness of certain partners and things that I could not get out of, but I was conscious and aware of who I was and what I'm here to do. So, but then you got the more maybe a sleep person that doesn't realize that and that all of a sudden um, has that breakthrough experience that changes them and shifts them forever. And they realize, man, I've been asleep this whole time. Um, and then, yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's so many different scenarios, of course. But I think the soul contract is always a part of it, even when we don't even recognize how much the soul is there. The soul is always there. The mind might not be completely aware of what it's trying to tell you because it's easy to just put on the TV or do what somebody else wants you to do because you want to please them or you need to be that good child to your parents or, you know, to society. But, like, we really always have the soul but, but through life experience, the soul gets more and more amplified. And as we get older and we mature, we start to answer to that more. We realize, you know, I really don't care what other people think. I'm just going to do this because I know I need to. You know, so that is always sort of a space holder for a great awakening that we're all born with. It's like that seed of, you know, we're all going to wake up eventually. When is going to be the same for everybody? But these kind of events that are happening on Earth create these accelerations because these outer planets are generational planets. So they impact, like, a lot of us. And that's why the significance of this, these times that we're in with Saturn conjunct Pluto plays a huge part of that. And I know we got to, you know, kind of wrap it up, but um, I do agree. It's like we, we are given what we need. It's in the seed of, of who we are and what we came in with. And however it plays out, whatever patternings, whatever formula, you know, that our storyline, you know, expresses, there's those layers that are beyond this human experience that is like that ultimate home base that we can return to. The thing is people have to have more guts. They have to just let go of that survival energy. Oh, if I leave this job that I don't like, I'm going to be screwed. I'm not going to have any money. We have to recognize when we really step into the soul matrix, we are moving into ascension. And in that frequency, synchronicities happen. Magic happens. Miracles happen. And all of a sudden we're functioning with greater spiritual abilities that actually help us to reach our goals without having to, you know, do it through, you know, the matrix way where it's a reward system, where it doesn't really see the star seeds and actually it actually targets the star seeds. So. Right. Well, Laura, time can fly by pretty fast. I want to, I just want to tell you personally, kudos to you. I really applaud you. Um, um, watching you over the years, you've really stepped into your truth, your, you're, uh, I get a very genuine sense from you. I love the the following and the numbers you're pulling on social media. I I just I, I want to just applaud you for for you being you because um, I've talked to a lot. I've talked to hundreds of people on this show, but you embody it in in, in such a spot on way. I just wanted to personally thank you for that, and I want to thank you for being our guest on the show tonight. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Oh, me too. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for your kind words and support. And it's really great to reconnect because in case the audience doesn't know, Les and I go way back. I've known him for quite some time. Like, gosh, way back probably 2011, 2012. So I really appreciate being your guest. And thank you so much for all that you're doing as well. I really just love your wisdom and, and all that you're sharing. 
Thank you. We've been talking with Laura Eisenhower. What a show. I mean, can you tell that she has so much information? (laughs) I think the longest episode we've done on the show is two hours, and that wouldn't even scratch the surface about what Laura could talk about. Um, I want to make sure you have her webpage, CosmicGaia.org. If you're interested in learning more about Laura, go to CosmicGaia.org. It's a... I think it helps to understand the galactic picture because the the story of Earth is hundreds of thousands of years old, and and in the galactic family, so to speak, there's been uh, all kinds of tug of wars about who's going to have dominion over this place. And I think the the fantastic aspect of where we are right now in 2020 is we're looking to to move the dominion from an authoritative structure of religion or government or whatever, move it back into the human persona, where the human persona is not a spoke on the wheel, but becomes the wheelhouse itself, the hub of the wheel, where we claim our personal dominion. We claim our divine sovereignty as each one of us is a point of presence of source consciousness, of God consciousness. We don't need anything as far as the structure outside of us to guide us. We have divine wisdom within us now. We have a mechanism of manifestation that is divine. And as we learn to turn that back on, as we raise our frequency and our our genetics, our DNA starts to reconstitute itself, we're going to have a different physical experience with, quote, reality, unquote. And what I like about tonight's conversation is Laura gives us that glimpse of the of the galactic um, paradigm or narrative that's been playing out and how it ripples down into our everyday politics, our everyday um, authoritarian um, expectations or whatnot. So, what? And you might have you might have guessed that that recording happened before the election, and here we are after the election day, and and that might help that make sense. But so many of us were excited as souls to come during this chapter of the human story. We didn't want to miss this for the world. <laughs> even, though, even though it's a karmic tsunami, it's like uh, it's like walking through a hurricane and, and everything's saturated in, in water and, and despair, so to speak. And our, our uh, challenge, perhaps, is to hone our BS detector, to hone our Ability to perceive the truth even when our ego can't comprehend it. And that can be a real challenge. Um, I wanted to mention the movie Above Majestic. The name of the movie is Above Majestic. And it talks about the secret space program. It talks about the galactic side of things. So if you're looking for more information, um, that might be a place you can go. 
the um, but the root of it all is the human beings on planet Earth right now, you and me. If you have flesh and bones and you're playing out a human paradigm right now, you are the vehicle of anchoring heaven back to Earth to bring in the, the, the divine consciousness into physical form, to ground, to be able to ground source consciousness, to ground unconditional love in you, through you, as you as we anchor more and more points of presence, human personas that is in vibrational resonance with unconditional love, we're going to anchor a new paradigm. We're going to anchor a a new story. We're going to anchor the golden age of humanity on planet Earth. So don't think for a minute that you're uh, a trivial part of this bigger collective story, no matter how... Um, how big your understanding of what's playing out is. Every single person who can embody and ground unconditional love into their human persona, that's the most powerful presence. That's the most powerful fulcrum. That's the most powerful paradigm, if you will, and that opportunity exists for you. Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) I knew tonight was going to be just a a real uh, reality check. I I just want to thank Laura again for being our guest. I'm so delighted to have her on the show tonight. And I want to thank you, the listener. uh, It takes some, some, I guess, courage or strength or... Um, curiosity to peel back the veil and learn that that there is indeed a much bigger galactic storyline playing out now. I think it helps you understand. A lot of times what we're shown on the media is sculpted for us to behave a particular way. And the more we understand about the man behind the curtain, metaphorically, the intention behind the curtain, metaphorically, the the more we can calibrate our BS detector. One more point. Um, humanity has been easily gullible over the centuries, over the eons of time. When we were just anchored in 3D time space and Um, reality was whatever our eyes could see and that was that there's a gigantic void opening up on planet earth where these previously vulnerable human beings that would buy any story that came along there's going to be beings from all dimensions that want to come here and replace our authoritative structure with themselves They're going to do miraculous things. They're going to have an understanding of the mechanics of manifestation, and they will appear godlike to us. They will appear like advanced heavenly beings, and they're going to blow smoke up our ass, I mean in our ear, about um, their intentions for us, about how good it is. But never, ever, ever 
we didn't come this far to give our sovereignty to yet another persona outside of us. No matter who shows up and no matter what magic tricks they know, they are not here to hold our, our sovereignty, to hold our dominion. It's never for somebody else. Your dominion is for you, period. Your sovereignty is for you, period. And if somebody else wants to take it away and play an authoritative figure in your life, that's when your BS detector should go all the way up to pegged. <laughs> Again, I want to thank you, the listener. It's always a pleasure. What an episode, one for the books. I'm your host, Les Jensen. I created the New Human Living Platform to help you embody your soul, to help you embody love. Our tagline is pure, authentic you. Purity The more pure your personal energy persona is, the more you can embody unconditional love without dropping into fear. To purify your personal energy persona allows you to embody more and more of the innate power unconditional love has. Authenticity, pure authentic you. When you're authentic to your true desires, not your ego desires per se, but When you're authentic to your soul's intentions, the intentions of your heart, when you're authentic to that, you're sustainable. You will not fatigue over time because you're being authentic. It's when we become inauthentic to ourselves that it becomes a burden, that it becomes an effort, and we can can fall out of grace with ourselves, so to speak. New human living pure, authentic you. We're here to serve you so you can fully embody the totality of your divinity. Um, Thanks for listening. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, the new age of power at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.